Can we pray? So, Father, we thank you for qualifying us for life. We thank you that we can call you Father. And we thank you that you call us your sons and your children. We thank you for not giving up on us. And we pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our midst. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, we thank God for another opportunity, another day to share fellowship in his word. And we are continuing our study on in the garden from Genesis chapter 3. And last week, we tried to give our commentary on the statements that the serpent said to Eve. It was a progressive statement. He started by sowing seeds of doubt. Then when he noticed that he has got the attention of Eve, then he started going outright. So he started by saying that, did God really say? And when he noticed that he had got his attention, then he went like, you shall not surely die. That was being upfront, or he gave a contradictory word to what God had said, because God had told them that when you eat it, you will die. Then he progressed by saying that God is keeping something good from you. That is why he doesn't want you to eat this fruit. So he started to present God as a liar. And that has been the agenda of the devil all through. So when God says he will bless you, the agenda of the devil is to frustrate your life, is to make it seem as though God is a liar. And we ended by asking the question that who told the lie? Was it God or the devil? So that's a question that we'll be looking to answer this evening. And as we continue our study, we'll be focusing from the verse 7 to the verse 11. But we want to attempt to answer who told the lie, whether it was God or the devil. Now, let's look at what God actually said, and that can be found in Genesis chapter 2. I would encourage us, if it's possible, to take our Bible because we'll be looking at other verses. And I might say something that may sound new to you, and I try as much as possible to make every statement from the Bible. So I would appreciate it if you could take your Bibles, maybe your pen and your notebooks or your digital gadgets, and let's learn something. So let's look at what God actually told Adam. That is Genesis chapter 2 the verse 16 and the verse 17 or let's just start from the verse 15 and next week we'll be looking at it and the lord god took the man and put him in the garden so the question was where was the man that god took him from hopefully next week we might answer that question he says and the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to tend and to guard and to keep it now this is god's word and the lord god commanded the man let's take note God commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and blessing and calamity, you shall not eat. Now let's take note. For in the day you shall eat of it, you will surely die. So let's take note of it again. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, blessing and calamity, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So that's what God told the man. Now let's go to what the devil told the woman. Let's start from the verse 5. Now, this is what the devil is saying. So we want to see who told the lie, whether God told the lie or the devil told the lie. 
let's start from the verse 4. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. So now, let's compare. The first thing God told us, you will die. The devil is saying, you will not die. For God knows that in the day you will eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. In what sense? In the sense that you will know the difference between good and evil, blessing and calamity. So these were the two statements. So after they had eaten, it's that's the verse 6. Now let's see what happened in the verse 7. Then the eyes of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. Let's just stop at the verse 7. So now looking at this at the surface, who told the truth? God is saying that you will die if you eat this fruit. Then the devil says that you will not die, but your eyes will be open, and you will be like God in the sense that you will know what is good and evil, blessing and calamity. And the verse 7 says that then the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So on the surface, the devil told the truth. When God said that you die, and I don't know if they died <laughs> from the surface of what you are reading. It looked as if the serpent told the truth. Because the serpent promised them that their eyes would be opened. As for whether they came like God knowing the truth, this verse didn't really tell us. So on the surface, it looks as though the serpent was saying the truth. And this is the main reason why we should not underestimate the effect or we should not underestimate the lies of the devil. Because truthfully speaking, on the surface of what the devil tells you, it really looks like the truth. So when maybe you are in a company and the devil begins to give you suggestions, you want to buy a car, you are 30 years, you have been working in this company for five years, for six years, for seven years, can't you see that you won't be able to save enough money to buy a car? Moreover, your boss has been cheating you. So the money belongs to you. You need that money. You need to pay your kids school fees. You need to take your children to a good school. His statements, his lies look like the truth. And this how come many people fall for the lies of the devil. Because on the surface, they look like the truth. You know, let's look at the verse 7 again. What happened after they ate the food? The Bible says that, and the eyes of them were opened. And when it was open, what did they see? The Bible said, and they saw that they were naked. Let's take a look. I'm to really understand it over here. Now, this is what happens when we sin. Okay, before that, I wanted to just have some two things in mind. The first thing I wanted to take note was that the target or the serpent's target was not Eve per se. The serpent's target was Adam for two reasons. And I'll give one. Hopefully next week I'll give the other one. The first reason why Adam was the target was because the word was given to the man. We read it in the chapter 2. The word was given to the man. So Adam was the custodian of the word of God. And the second reason, hopefully we'll look at it next week, was because it was Adam who bore, Adam bore the seed of life. But next week we'll look at it. So the word was given to Adam. So the main agenda of the serpent was not necessarily he. So it was just a channel by which the serpent wanted to get to man or to get to Adam. And it's something that we should take note of. This is why the friends and the company and the environment you surround yourself in is very important. Because most often than not, the enemy will always come through somebody. The enemy will always have a channel by which he attacks you. Now, if any of you have had a personal experience or you know of any friends, most people that fell into addictions, most people that fell into sin, was because somebody introduced them to it indirectly or directly. So all people, or most people that you know 
or if you have been a victim of any addiction, you will notice that it was somebody who suggested it to you, either directly or indirectly. That is why you cannot take your company that you surround yourself with for granted. That is why the music you listen to, the things that inform you, the movies you watch, the books you read, any source of information that enters you, you should scrutinize it. That is why Jesus says that take heed to how you hear. And it's very important that we understand this. So even though the target was Adam, the serpent had to come to Eve. And that's one thing I just want us to know before we look into the question we are trying to answer. Who told a lie? So that's the first thing. So that's just like a preamble. Now let's look at this. The reason why many people get confused is because we think that death is an event. So we think that when we say you are going to die, it's like you are going for an event. I'm going for a wedding. I'm going for a party. So... We think it's a time-bound incident or a circumstance. So you are going for a program, you are going for an anniversary, you are going for something. It is from, let's say, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. So that's how many of us think death is. Death is not an event, but death is a state. Let's take note. So death is a state of being outside of life. So what is darkness? Darkness is a state of the absence of light. So if you are in a room, immediately you turn off the light. You don't need to invite darkness. Darkness automatically enters in the scene. Immediately light goes out. That's what happens. So immediately you off the light. Or immediately light is taken out of a room. Automatically death is invited. So now the state of the room becomes darkness. And this is what death is. A state outside of life. And we know that God is life. God is light. So immediately you take a step outside of God, you enter into a state of death. So as long as you are in God, you are in a state of life. As long as you step out of God, you enter into a state called death. Now, the sin of Adam was not necessarily the eating of the fruit. It was not as if the fruit was the sin Adam committed. But the underlying sin that Adam committed was the sin of disobedience. It was because God had given a command that do not eat the fruit. That's what made that whole fruit special because of God's word. So now let's look at it in Romans chapter 5 verse 19. It explains this clearly. And the book of Romans, maybe by the time we end this episode, we will be Romans. I think chapter 5. Paul had a lot to say. So now look at Romans chapter 5, verse 19. It states that, For just as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So the sin of Adam was the sin of disobedience. And sin is simply an announcement of one's independence from God. So immediately, Adam decided to listen to the voice of the serpent rather than the voice of God. Adam switched camp. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 6 again, verse 16. Paul says something more for us to understand how important this is. Now, Paul is speaking and he says that, Do you not know that if you surrender yourselves to anyone to do his will, you become the slaves of the one whom you obey, whether that be sin which leads to death, or obedience which leads to righteousness. So Paul is telling you that the person or the voice you decide to obey in your life is the one you become a slave to. That is why Romans 8, 14 tells us that if it's the spirit of God that is influencing you, you become a son of God. So the voice you listen to in life determines whose son you are. So if you always listen to the voice of societal trends, 
you become a son of the society. If you always listen to the voice of your flesh, you become the son of your flesh. If you always listen to the voice of friends, you become the son of friends. So Adam was listening to the voice of God. Adam was feeding on the voice of God. But the moment in Genesis chapter 3 verse 6, when Adam ate the food, Adam decided not to listen to God again. But now he decided to listen to the serpent. At that moment, he submitted himself no longer to the authority of God, but then to the authority of the serpent. That's when Adam transitioned from life to death. So that's why the first thing that happened after Adam moved from life to death was that they saw their emptiness. They saw how deficient they were in life without God. They saw their emptiness. They saw their nothingness. They saw their shame. So let's go and the eyes of them both were open. And they knew, wow, it's even new. And they knew that they were naked because that very moment, man had transitioned from living under the commandments of God to the commandments of the devil. So man then transitioned from life to darkness. Let's look at Colossians 1, just to buttress this point. Paul is telling us what happens when we give our life to Christ. Yeah, verse 13. For he has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son, of his love. So he said, when we become born again, when we accept the lordship of Jesus, there's a transition that takes place. God transitions you from death, from living under the instructions of the devil, from living under the words of the devil, to living under the words of God. That's what happens when you become born again. So that was because God was undoing what Adam did. Adam transitioned from life to death, from feeding from the voice of God to feeding to the voice of the devil. So Adam entered into a state of death. So this is what God was telling Adam, that the day you decide to eat this fruit, meaning that the day you decide not to listen to me any longer, you are transitioned from life to death. That is why in the verse 11, when God came on the scene, he was like, who told you you were naked? Who told you? Because he knew that the only way man would have eaten of the fruit was because somebody or something informed his decision. So the man died at that moment. Sin is an announcement of your independence from God. So immediately sin steps in the room, God has to step out. So immediately light steps out of the room, darkness comes automatically. You don't have to invite darkness. This is very important. And this answers the question, why the world is in the state we live in? Because the world is rejecting God. So all the pain you are seeing, all the death you are seeing, all the murders you are seeing, all the armory, all the sufferings you are seeing, all the pain you are seeing in this world, it is not caused by God. It is caused by man that have decided to suck life out of their life. That is why Jesus said that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than the light. That is why I think under the parable of the loving father, I made a statement that it's not as though God is holding hell to the unbeliever. And he's saying that if you don't believe in me, I'll take you to hell. No. No, that's not what God is doing. Anybody who goes to hell is because the person throughout his or her life on earth has been asking for a life outside of God. And the life outside of God is what hell presents. So we see it even in verse 7. So immediately Adam decided to listen to the voice 
of the serpent. What did he see? Nakedness. What did he see? He saw his deficiency outside of God. He saw how shameless and how full of nothing he is. Then now let's look at what happened. So I've established the point that God did not lie. It was a devil who lied. And the devil added more that you would be like God. That one is another topic for another day. That you would be like God. Forgetting that Adam was already the God of this world. And please get me in context. Because you remember that Jesus even said that, having the scripture already said that ye all are gods. So the serpent was promising Adam something that he didn't already know that God had made him in the earth realm. Because Adam or man was the legal authority on the earth. It is what man would permit. That's what would take place on the earth. And what man would disallow, that is what will be disallowed on earth. That is why the devil came to snatch authority from man. How do man to listen to his voice? And you remember in Romans 6 verse 16, the one whom you listen to is the one you become a slave to. So the moment Adam listened to the devil, he made a pronouncement that God, please step out. And immediately God steps out, darkness comes in. Immediately light steps out, death comes in. And now we see the effects of death. The first thing they noticed. So I want to give you the state of death. How does death look like? From the verse 7 to the verse 11. The first thing you notice is that man notice his nakedness. Man notice his emptiness. Man notice his deficiency. Man notice his deplorable states. And this is what people are going through all over. That is why people have become addicted to people's opinions. That is why people are living under a pretense life. Because there's a nakedness they are trying to cover. There's an emptiness they are trying to cover. There's a nothingness they are trying to cover. That is why people are living on the appreciation of men. That is why people are becoming addicted to all forms of drugs. Because they are looking for an ecstasy to cover up their sadness and the hollowness and the nakedness and the deficiency and the emptiness in their lives. Adam knew that he was naked. Adam entered into the state of death, into a state of shame. So right now, everybody's looking for money, doing anything, willing to kill family members, willing to steal, willing to lie, because they're trying to cover up their nakedness. They're trying to fill up that void of emptiness. So you see people going after ladies upon ladies without coming to the realization that it is not the number of ladies you are with or the number of men you are with that satisfies. So having to ask yourself that most of the people that engage in corruption, they are rich people. Many of us are against politicians, against all these big men in authority. They are the ones doing the corruption. Do you think a politician doesn't have money? So even though they have all the money, their allowances alone can pay thousands of children's school fees. <laughs> That is an exaggeration. But some of them do, I won't be surprised. But despite all this money they have, they are still not satisfied because there's a nakedness that they are exposed to because man decides to step out of life. So the first thing we notice, so the state of death, I'm telling you how does death look like. And you wonder, this is what's happening in our world. So let's go. The first state of death is nakedness, shame, emptiness, nothingness, avoid in life. And then what happened? And they sold fig leaves together to make themselves apron-like girdles. The next state of death is that man looks up or man becomes his own provider. Man becomes independent of God. Man begins to do things by himself. That is the state of death. Man declares his independence from God. 
And that's the same thing the prodigal son did. Immediately he stepped out of the father's house. He was no longer under the covering of the father. So now man had to now provide clothing for himself. Man started to do things his own way. Because you know that the first day that Adam saw after he woke up, after God breathed into him the breath of life, was the Sabbath day, the day of rest. Because God had prepared everything already. And that is the second description of the state of death. In a state where man tries to do things by his own self, where man tries to achieve things by his own self. And that's what religion is all about. Religion, man's attempt to get back to God. When God doesn't need your attempts because on your own, because remember, you are already in a state of shame. There's nothing you can offer. It's like a poor person trying to pay the school fees of somebody. You have nothing, so you can't offer nothing. So the second state of death is a state of independence, a state where man is doing things his own way. And you see that all around us. God has given his instructions in his word, but yet still man are deciding to live life according to their own thing. Man now is making garments to cover himself. When God has provided everything for you in life, you say that, no, I want to provide for myself. Now, the verse 8. And when they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees. The third state that describes death or that describes the state man fell into was the state of running away from God. I don't think anybody needs the explanation. And you see it, and I'll get to another point, that one thing that death also has is a state of confusion. Because logically, it's not correct. How can you be sick and a doctor is coming to you and you are running away from your doctor? So this is what death does to you. Because you know what? Whenever light appears, darkness cannot comprehend it. So whenever light comes into a room, the darkness automatically does what? It vanishes. It automatically runs. So man entered into a state where he was continually running away from God. Continually running away from the voice of God. Can't you see so many people get offended when they listen to the preaching of the word? Sometimes maybe you are by the roadside, you are sharing God's word, or you go to church and you are preaching the gospel. Can't you see the way people get offended? When you begin to preach that safety first, the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you, people get offended. When you begin to preach that there is no other way but Jesus, and God has made that sacrifice, people get offended. Now, how do you think Christianity is? You are a religion full of proud and arrogant people. People get offended because people are running away from God. That is the state of death, the state of shame, the state of independence, the state of running away from God. And even let's take note that man made himself April like ghettos. And you know further downward that God knew that what they even did was not even done properly. So God himself had to provide clothing for them. He tells them that man begin to settle for inferiority. Man begin to settle for the least in life. So man entered into a state of inferiority. And we notice that all around us, People are deciding or people are always choosing inferior options to the superior options God provides for them. So God tells you that do not be unequally you. Always choose a believer as a husband or as a spouse. You decide to settle for an unbeliever. And unbelievers are in a state of death because their lives are denouncing the sovereignty of God. They are sucking away light from their lives. Let's continue. So then the Lord God said to Adam, where are you? So now man was no longer found in the presence of God. Like I said earlier, that is why the world is in the way we are. That is why there is so much pain in this world. There's so much suffering in this world. Because people are kicking God away from this world. And he said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was naked. 
and I hid myself. So now man entered into a state of confusion. That's the fourth thing about death. God is saying, where are you? And he is saying, you were naked, you went to hide. So man was now confused. The confusion is two. And instead of running to God, because you have committed a fault, and only God can save you, are not running away from him. Now God is asking, where are you? You are telling him your state that you are naked. So now man has become confused. And look at it all around you. You are born with organs in front of you. And you say, no, despite what my eyes are seeing, I am not a male, I'm rather a female. Mercy. Look at the way now the world is in a state of confusion. That is a particular sex group, I've forgotten their names. And their sex is dependent on how they feel today. So Monday, I am a female. Tuesday, I am a male. Wednesday, I am neutral. Like man is just confused. Now there are schools that are teaching children that you, you are not born with a gender. You choose your gender. So we are waiting for you to grow up and choose whether you want to become a man or a woman. Man is confused. Now, instead of men chasing after women, now men are chasing after men. Man is confused. Now, people are finding schemes and ways of getting husbands. So they go around making rich men impregnate them because they think that's the only way they can get a husband. Man is confused. They think that it's only in stealing, in cheating, in lying that they can amass wealth. Man is confused. That is what death does. You live in a state of constant confusion where people reject the good. And they are, I, I know people who are like that. I know ladies or I know people that a good guy is coming your way. <laughs> Mercy. A good guy is coming your way. You reject this good guy and you go for a guy who abuses you verbally, who abuses you physically. Man is confused. We no longer cannot take any decision for ourselves any longer because now man has entered into a state of confusion because you are in death, you are in darkness. So imagine you are in a room of darkness, you're supposed to pick your shoe. You end up picking the sandals, you end up picking a, something else because you cannot see, there's no more clarity in your life. So now you can't, you're not even sure about your own gender. Even though your organs are right before you, you can't tell if you're a male or a female. Man is confused. And the next thing that Adam said, said because I was naked, I hid myself. Man became full of fear. That's when fear entered into man. That is why all the things we are trying to do is because of the fear of death. So now we have anti-aging because now people are afraid of dying. Man has become so fearful. The man who was created to dominate the earth, the man who was created to be the ruler, the man who was the one, the man who gave the name of lion, who gave the name of antelope, the name of amoeba, the name of giraffe. But please take note. Adam was not speaking English during that time, so he was not English names. <laughs> Whatever language Adam was speaking, that's the names he gave. So please, let's not get it confused. Adam was not speaking English. But now the person who was now naming all the living creatures now became fearful to these living creatures. The man who was made to be superior to creation now became a subordinate of creation, now became subject to the elements of life, now became subject to the forces of life. See the way hurricanes are destroying lives. See the way floods are destroying lives. See the way fires are destroying lives. The man who was supposed to be the Lord of all these things now became a subject to all these things. The verse 11. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Now, the next thing about the state of death is that man became an accuser. Accusations. Now, the man said, the woman, Adam is interested. He's accusing two people. He's accusing the woman and the giver of the woman. Now, look at what Adam said. Adam said, the woman whom you gave me, 
He gave me the food. So now man has entered into a state of accusation. When now we accuse both God and man. Accusation. Please take note. Accusation is a state of death. When now people, we are no longer responsible for our things. Man is no longer responsible. Man no longer wants accountability anymore. So now we want to be shifting blames. And you see, that is why people deny the existence of God. Because they know that in accepting the existence of a God or the existence of a creator, it means that man is just a creation. And if now man is the creation of a creator, man himself knows that man is subjected to that creator. But because man no longer wants to be accountable, man is telling himself that there is no being, there is nobody who created him. Even though this man knows very well that nothing exists in this world without a creation, without a creator. Man knows that a car does not just appear on the scene. A car is created. A man knows that an airplane doesn't appear on the scene. An airplane is created. Man knows that there's a creator behind every creation. Yet he himself being a creation wants to reject the existence of a creator because man knows that in accepting the the existence of a creator, man becomes accountable to that creator. Then now man has become full of accusations. And we see all around us, husbands accusing wives. Hey, why don't you love your wife? Because she doesn't submit to me. You go to the wife, why don't you submit to your husband? Because she doesn't love me. You go to the employees, boss, why are you not paying your workers what you do them? Because they are not diligent. They are not doing what they are supposed to do. You go to the workers, why don't you not do what they are supposed to do? Because my boss is not paying me well. You go to students, why didn't you pass the exams? Because the lecturer didn't teach us well. Because the lecturer didn't set good questions that he had taught us. You go to the lecturer, why are your students passing? It's because the students are not learning. Man is full of accusations. Never be an accuser. Never shift blames. Always bear the responsibility of your actions. But now people never want to accept anything. If you ask them, why is your life the way they are? Because my father did not pay my school. Because my distance is not doing it. You're always full of excuses for life. And now man is accusing God. That God, if you were good, why did my mother die? God, if you were here, why didn't I pass my exams? God, if you were here, why did this happen? Why did that happen? So man entered into a state of accusations. You go to church members, why don't you go to church anymore? Because the pastors are always using our offering to enrich themselves. Because somebody did not speak well to me. Because the usher did not give me a good seat. Because somebody was laughing at me. And you go to the pastors, why are you preaching the gospel? Why are you preaching something that is not the gospel? You'd be like, because the people, if you preach the gospel, they cannot accept it. They want something that will interest them. They want things that will interest them. So now man is full of accusations. Take note of people who like accusing people in your life and people who are irresponsible. Take note of those people, people who are accusers and people who don't want to bear the responsibility of their actions. So now when I'm working with people, I always take notes. If they're supposed to do something and they don't do it, I just look at them quietly. And immediately I read, they'll be like, oh, they start to give excuses. Just like Adam. Adam, why did you eat of this? Said the woman you give me. Now man is accusing God. God, if I was brought up in a family like this, my life would not be like this. If I was a man, I wouldn't be like this. If I was a woman, I wouldn't be like this. That is why people are even changing their gender because they feel like the gender that God gave them is not the best for them. Man begins to accuse God. When you have made a series of wrong decisions in your life and your life is in a complicated mess, instead of you to accept the Lord Jesus, you are rather accusing him. Man entered into a state of accusation. And at the verse 13, I'm done. And the Lord God said to the woman, I will skip it up. Next week, we will look at it. But I want to just say something that God said, and that will be the preamble for next week. 
that is the verse 13. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? Ah, you see, man did not know the reaction he has set in place by listening to the voice of the devil. And God willing, next week we'll be looking at what was the effect of Adam choosing to listen to the voice of the serpent rather than the voice of God. What is this you have done? And you see, most of the times, many of us, as I said for the parable of the loving father, that the focus of that parable is the father, not the two sons. And here again, we see even in the interpretation of this scripture, many of us look at this scripture just with the effects of man, forgetting that the main person who was hurt was God. But many of us don't notice it. We don't notice how broken-hearted God was that the people he had created to have fellowship with were running away from him. The people he had made to rule over the earth were now subjects to their creation. The people he made and covered them with their glory were now living in shame. The people he had made and had provided everything for them had rejected his provision and had decided to sow garments for themselves. The people he had made and had told them that you are a male, you are a female, they now entered into a state of confusion. God was brokenhearted. He says, woman, what is this you have done? What is this? You have done. Sorry, I forgot one more point. One thing that the effects of sin were Adam went to hide. We all know that. That another state of death. Hiding. Secrecy. Human beings are full of secrets. Now, it's so difficult to find somebody and all that you see about the person is all that there is. Hey, mercy. You would find somebody, you can be friends with somebody for five years, ten years. You have no idea how complicated and how some way the person is. Man has become full of secrets. There is no honesty. We have become full of lies. We have become hiders. We hide our true identity. We hide our names. We hide our opinions. Man has become a hider. So right now, it's very difficult to find genuine people to fellowship with. It's very difficult to find genuine people to do business with. It's very difficult to find genuine people in this world because now man has become a hider. Let's look at First John chapter 1. It's very important that we take note of these things. The Apostle John told us something very interesting. In the verse 7, he said that, For if you walk in the light, take note, if you walk in the light, not in darkness, as he, that is Jesus, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And this is the first part. He said, the condition to have fellowship is to walk in the light. This is the reason why nowadays we don't even have fellowship in the church anymore. Because everybody in the church, not everybody, I don't mean literally, because our people in the church are full of pretenders and hypocrites. We are not walking in the light anymore. We are all walking in darkness. Like when somebody tells you his name is Sam, trust me, there is more to the person's name than there is. I remember somebody was ministering and they were talking about things to ask somebody when you are dating. He says now, ask them, do you have a child in another country, a child in another region, a child in another state? Because, for example, if you say, do you have a child in another region, the person will say no. And later, if I depend on a child, you say no, it's not in another region, it's another country. So you see the way man we have become, we have become full of secrets. Like our lives are no longer plain. There's always more to somebody's life than what you see. Because we have become full of secrets, hypocrisies, lies, and social media is full of that. Man has become so secretive. There is no real fellowship any longer. When you are going to a challenge, you cannot freely open up to somebody. You have to always present a facade of life. 
we are full of pretenders, liars, and hypocrites because that was the state of death. We are all walking in darkness, so there is no real fellowship amongst us. So now when you go to church, you don't even have somebody you can open up to, somebody who also opens up to you because everybody is presenting their life as though they are angels that were just brought into the earth realm. You have become so full of secrecy. Make it your ambition to be plain in life, to be open in life. Some people marry, some people... I remember this funny story and I'll end with this. But I attended the funeral and the preacher man was given an example that he went for a funeral that was also officiated. Then they announced that the wife of the bereaved should come forward. It's as though he was watching the, a movie. Several women came forward. The first wife, that the official one, if I should say that everybody knew came. Before I realized, another woman was coming. Another woman was coming. Another woman was coming. Like, <laughs> the man of God was so surprised. And the wife, or the first wife, made a statement that she, she doesn't understand. Because this man has been home whenever he's not at work. Immediately he closes work, he comes home. When he's traveling for for conferences or meetings or whenever, they are always in touch. He knows all about the man. He, the woman cannot figure out at which point in his life did he go and have or did he go and marry all these other ladies and have children with him. Mercy, you have become so secretive. So when I, whenever you meet somebody, you have to do detailed, detailed investigations. So I remember one time there was a trend or so on the social media that I think I forgot whether it was ladies or guys, but they were posting post your boyfriend or your girlfriend. So that in case your boyfriend is somebody else's boyfriend, we would expose the person. Mess the effects of sin. What is this that you have done? God will next week. We will look at what was it that man had done. At this point, I will invite Abena to kindly give us your commentary. All right. So from the, from the verses we just read, we read that Adam and Eve felt they were naked. And I think they were naked in the sense that they felt that their shame had been uncovered, their shame had been exposed, and they were trying to cover it up by wearing fig leaves. But it didn't help matters because they still felt they were naked. So they went to hide. So it's like the, the covering that they tried to do for themselves, it didn't work. And I want us to know that we can't cover up our own sins. We need Jesus to cover up our sins for us. And we need to put on Jesus as our covering. If you read from Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, it says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, it says, All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. So we have to put on Christ as a covering. And being clothed in Christ means that being placed in the body of Christ and being made one with Christ. And this can only occur when we are saved by grace through faith. And when we are saved by grace through faith, we become one with Christ. His righteousness becomes our righteousness. That's how come we gain righteousness. And his resurrected life becomes our new life, which is eternal. So I want us to take this to heart as we discuss today's lesson. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You cannot cover your own nakedness. Bene, kindly give us a commentary. Okay, so I would also like to give one more effect of the sin of Adam, and that is self-centeredness or being self-absorbed. And verse 7 says, and their eyes were opened. It doesn't mean that um, their eyes were initially blind or something, but then I think that um, their focus was not on God anymore, but on themselves. And so they, all they did was um, in their own interest without regard for the other. 
they can be seen in the response of both Adam and Eve um, as they accuse the other for their own actions so as to protect themselves from, let's say, guilt and shame and for themselves to be seen in a better light. And this is commonly observed in our world today as everything has become more about me, 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 and some will say me, myself, and I. Yeah, and so a certain preacher, Francis Chan, he says that now and there's like people have become lovers of selfies. Yeah, so it's seen in the way a lot of us post pictures on social media. It's like in a way we are trying to say, look at how good I look, look at how rich I am, look at how blessed I am. And I'm not saying this to condemn and, and taking off pictures. It's actually good to, to take pictures. But my point is people have become self-absorbed. They are thinking only about their interests, they are thinking only about their desires without thoughts or recognition for the interests of others. And it's not surprising that Jesus tells us that if we want to follow him, we ought to deny ourselves. That is to take our eyes off ourselves and set it on the law. So it's like all that we do, all that man is doing is for the benefit of himself and not the other. And Paul even says it in Philippians that um, we shouldn't just look for our own interests, um, but we should look for the interests of others. Yeah. So I think self-centeredness or being self-absorbed is also one of the effects of Adam's sin. Thank you. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And I believe we've learned a lot from tonight's study. And I want us to look at something surely that I also learned. I think in the course of the study, some made us understand that you become a slave or from the scriptures. Romans Paul said that you are a slave to who you listen to. So when the devil was having that conversation with Eve, the aim was to get into the mind of Eve to manipulate her. So you are a slave to who you listen to. Once you listen to God and you listen to his commands and apply them, automatically you are under the tutelage and then the leadership of God. And once you listen to the devil, you are a slave to the devil. So most of the time we tend to deceive ourselves. That maybe you listen to all these songs as Christians, you watch some movies, and we think that, oh, once we are not applying these things, or we are just watching them for watching sake, or we are just listening to these songs. But once you expose yourself to these things, you automatically become a slave to them. It's, it's just like that. You are a slave to who you listen to. Because let's look at the example of Saul, when God rejected Saul as king. And Bible said that an evil spirit from the Lord came to tempt him. And it was only when David played the music, that was when Saul had relieved. So if Saul was able to be relieved from the oppression of the devil just by listening to David's music, yeah, which we could say was, let's say, therapeutic or it was heavenly. In the same vein, we can also be led into the hands of the devil when we listen to certain songs or watch certain movies because these things or these are channels that lead into our mind. And the goal of the devil is to get hold of our mind and manipulate us. Yeah, so I want to just admonish us this evening that we should be very mindful of the things that we listen to, the things that we watch. 
as we discussed in our first um, series, that's who told we are. It's very, very important that you are very mindful of the person that you listen to. Because the thing that you feed into your mind are the things that are going to shape your lives. Yeah. So I'm entreating all of us to renew our minds by the word of God. That we should constantly expose ourselves to the word of God listen to godly music yeah we shouldn't deceive ourselves thinking that oh we can just listen to godly songs as long as we don't do bad things before you realize you will be in darkness so i'm entreating all of us that as the scripture said that let this mind be in you which was also in christ we should make sure that we allow the word of god to renew our minds so that we can walk in the fullness of what God has in store for us. God bless us all. Amen. God bless you too. Baba, can you give us a commentary? Okay, I'll say that sin has a lot of effect on us. Sin has a lot of effect on the individual. Aside everything that has been said, I would also say that sin becomes a delight to the heart of the one who commits For example, in verse 6, we can see that we can see that when Eve saw the fruit, it was pleasing to her eyes. So definitely that's how sin looks like. You see something and then you justify that, oh, this is okay, this is normal, this is nothing new, but then yeah, it's a sin. So maybe you, you speak, you are fond of telling lies yesterday, you speak a lie today you'd have to say something to cover up tomorrow the same thing and then you keep on doing it and doing it and doing it and eventually it becomes an addiction and if you don't take care you might find yourself locked up in that bondage of sin so i'll say that because of the nature of sin and how sin can affect the person let's try to come to god like come to the mercy seat pray for grace so that we can come out of our sins and then we know we may not be stuck in them amen amen god bless you all god bless you so as we would like to do we want to take our word of prayer we have emphasized that whom you listen to the person who's informing your decisions is the one you submit to that's why this is that if we take heed how we hear we want to pray to god for grace that lord as your words that man shall not live by bread alone we do not just live for our physical nourishment but we live by everywhere that proceeds out of your mouth father we pray for grace that in the choices that we make, we would follow your leadings in the name of our Lord Jesus. We pray that in the people that we decide to be, to spend the rest of our life, it will be under your influence. We pray that the jobs you decide to accept will be under your influence. We pray that the places we decide to go to will be under your influence. Father, we pray for grace that it is only you that you will listen to. For God told Adam, who told you? Father, may you be the one who informs our decision. We are not wise in ourselves to decide on the path to navigate on in this life. Father, we pray for grace. We pray for a descending ear. And Lord, we will keep an ear for your word. We will keep an ear for your instruction. We will keep an ear for your commandments. Father, we also pray for grace in the name of Jesus. That we will believe your word. For if your word says that in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Father, we believe your word. We pray for grace. And we never fall for the lies of the devil. For the Bible says that the devil cometh not except. So the mission statement of the devil is to steal the word of God 
God in our lives. By that so do He kills us and He destroys us. Father, we pray for grace in the name of Jesus that we will be wise enough, we will be discerning enough to be able to distinguish between the voice of you and the voice of our flesh, the voice of you and the voice of circumstances, the voice of you and the voice of the devil, the voice of you and the voice of man. Father, we pray for grace that we will subject ourselves to the influence and the dealings of the Holy Spirit, that the choices will be because we are informed from you. Father, we pray for grace that you will deliver us from the sin of independence from you. You will deliver us from the sin of accusations and irresponsibility. We pray for grace that you will deliver us from the sin of covering our shame, from the sin of looking after things to fill up our void than coming after you. We pray for the grace that you deliver from the sin of confusion. Lord, we pray that you will accept your light for the light has come into the world but men love darkness rather than the light. Father, you will be lovers of light. You will be lovers of that which is true. May we walk in the light that we will have fellowship with one another. Father, we pray for grace to take away every pretense we pray for grace to take away every hypocrisy, every lies, every life that we are living that is a facade. We pray for grace that our lives will be as plain, that all that men will see is all that there is to be about us. We pray that you will not be people that have many shadows, uh, full of shadows and darkness in our lives, full of secrecies in our lives. We pray, Father, that we will continually walk in the light. We pray, Father, that we will continually subject ourselves to your influence. May we take our decisions because you told us to do so. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. Wow, God bless you all. Um, This episode has kept longer than our usual, but we thank God that you are still around and we pray that your minds are being renewed through the hearing of God's word. And even as we behold, we become, because we are a product of what you look at. And even as every week we make an attempt to look into the word of God, we will become the word of God. God bless you so much. Remember to give God your best and make sure that the only thing you owe people is love. See you next week, even as we consider what was the resultant effect of Adam's sin. Woman, what is this that you have done? God bless you and see you next week. Bye-bye.